I remember I was the one who took Raghav to that appointment. And I'm usually very calm and composed in appointments where I ask a lot of questions, learn what's going on. But that was one appointment where I just couldn't stand there. I started crying and I just walked out of the door. My name is Kevin Fryert. My 30-year career at Pfizer gave me the chance to learn about the many facets of drug discovery and development. When I retired, I started Salem Oaks to help patients, parents, and caregivers understand the world of biopharmaceutical R&D so that they can be more effective partners and shape the future of medicine. On Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Sedagatian type bondial metaphysial dysplasia, or SSMD. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sanath and his son Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Subscribe to the Raising Rare podcast to hear the story unfold. Thank you for tuning in to the Raising Rare podcast. Over the past several months, we have gotten to know Sanath and Ramya, the parents of baby Raghav. We have learned about Raghav's difficult first year, getting the diagnosis, and managing his medical care. We have also talked about their efforts to bootstrap an intense and urgent research effort to find a treatment and cure. We have heard them talk about their dream for Raghav to live independently one day. Today we are sharing a special episode. All parents need to make decisions for their babies, but not all parents need to make the excruciatingly difficult decisions that Sanath and Ramya do. We think this short story will give you a glimpse of what that is like. Sanath, you were mentioned in an email, and, and Ramya, you just mentioned it before, that there was an unexpected surgery that Raghav needed. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what went into the decision-making? Raghav doesn't have the, the, the motor control to control muscles in his mouth. And so he has this, this baby-like tongue movement pattern that he, he does all the time, front and back, um, that, that all babies do when they were born. It's sort of the reflexive movement that they are used to that they need to actually drink milk. Uh, that's how they swallow and drink. So uh, he has that he has that tongue movement that he does all the time. And when he got his first teeth, we were all super happy that he's gotten a teeth. He's going to look really cute. And, you know, all babies with just one teeth look cute. And uh, it was one of the moments when I was really proud because Raghav hit a milestone on dot. In fact, I had a few kids where, you know, he started teething and... So I was a very proud mom. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then a uh, few weeks after his, he got his first teeth, um, we noticed some blisters in his tongue. 
And so we thought that we thought they were heat boils. Several pediatricians, in fact, uh, said, "Yeah, it was just a heat boil. Uh, let it let it go. Just put some ice on it and stuff like that." On his on his first birthday, he was sitting in the chair, wanting to cut uh, the cake, waiting to cut the cake, and then he started bleeding from his mouth. He started bleeding because his tongue was rubbing against the teeth, and the blisters broke, and he started bleeding. And he was he was screaming and crying while while all of us were waiting for him to cut the cake. There, even then, we didn't realize that this is what was happening. We thought, you know, yes, the heat boil broke, and he has blood in his mouth. And we called up the we we called up the doctors. We said we need an appointment. We need to see you. Several weeks we we've, we've seen several doctors, and several weeks later we saw a dentist who said uh, this doesn't look right. We have to extract the teeth. And we were so opposed to to extracting the teeth. One milestone that he did and hit right. We were so opposed. We just couldn't digest the fact that they asked us to extract the teeth. Right, and uh, I remember I was the one who took Raghav to that appointment, and I'm usually very calm and composed in appointments where I ask a lot of questions, learn what's going on. But that was one appointment where I just couldn't stand there. I started uh, crying, and I just walked out of the door because I didn't want to see. The, I didn't want the doctors and the nurses to see that I was losing it, so I just went out of the door, took some time, and then went back in. Because you don't hear this; these are, I've not even heard stories of babies getting their teeth removed. Right? It's it's painful. It's 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 not. It doesn't even sound right, let alone how it feels on him. Uh, so that's that's how the story got got started. But you know what? That 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 is that is exactly true. So after that appointment, we came back and and went to our Facebook group and said. This doctor is recommending our, our baby to remove, uh, recommending to remove our baby's teeth. I don't know, maybe forty, fifty people commented saying, "No, you never do that. This is this is not. You just have to go, go look for a different doctor. This is this is in a hypotonia forum, right? So this is on the, with the right set of people uh, that have kids who have hypotonia, who have muscle control problems, right? And all of them said no." Just don't do that. This is not how it should work. We got so much confidence that the, the doctor is completely wrong. Cruises will will continue doing what we are doing, and then he kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. And, and what we didn't realize back then, and we realized later, was that because of his hypotonia, he couldn't express how painful it was. He couldn't move his body and express and, and and show how painful it was until it started getting so worse to a point where he had literally sort of a. a a little hole under his tongue and that's when he would react every time his tongue would go on his teeth he would stretch his body and react as if he had an electric shock and and we couldn't even hold him because he would just it, it was so reflexive that he had to stretch out his body and and big and give a big cry uh, and he would do that through the night through the morning we we decided to take a, some really hard nights where uh, we would take turns, uh, you know, Sanat and I will take care of the baby for two hours and then the grandparents will step in and then go back because we were really scared to even stay with him through the night. It was it was that bad. It was a very stressful time and I'm, I'm not too proud of it. Maybe we, sh- we should have realized that it's not going to get better much sooner than we did. So we were rushed in for an emergency surgery where we had to extract eight of his teeth. Eight of his teeth. And uh, thankfully, the surgery went really well. And we saw how happy he was the moment the surgery was done. So the surgery was done. He was no longer in pain. He could move his tongue freely and swallow the saliva like how he would usually do. And he started smiling again, which he didn't do for a month. 
and this was right after his anesthesia wear off like he, right. we, 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 we we brought him back to the room um and he was he just op- opened his eyes he, he looked at us and started smiling yep and it was just after his anesthesia wore off and this is all happened in the first month after we got his diagnosis so we we sort of didn't know that he had so much problems going on that he was struggling because of this reason um and then a uh, few months after that he got few more of his teeth uh, and the episode continued uh, and in fact the first time around when he got his teeth and when he had when even his when he injured his tongue we were in so such a denial that we would we were trying to protect his tongue from rubbing against the teeth by keeping a gauze underneath uh, and we had tried so many different mechanisms of taping uh, we even tried silicone gauzes it, it was just nuts. it was a, it was a really bad time i that i don't even want to recollect it was it was that stressful the kinds of things we we had to do and the kinds of things he went through uh but uh you know the episode came again when he started teething more uh, four of his other teeth came out but this time we were we were smart we said let's go ahead and remove it we are not going to make him go through the pain once again so he got eight more of his teeth removed even the ones that hadn't erupted yet we just thought we are going to give him the break he deserves for the next 3 years or so on 3 or 4 years is when kids start getting their adult tooth uh, we were like let him focus on other things you know teeth can come back tongue doesn't come back if you lose your tongue it's gone right so i think we made the right choice there and yeah i i it's not i think i definitely we made the right choice there because he's a happy kid now he can focus on lifting his hands vocalizing talking to us and all that instead of dealing with the pain that he doesn't have to so yeah that was the surgery that came on as an emergency one for the first time and was planned for the second time and and our our physician has been just phenomenal like she's advocated for the kid like this was during the time when the hospital had uh, a lot of operation room closures and and she figured out a way to get him sooner than than other kids um because we know he she knows that if we let it go for another week it'll be an emergency surgery um and so i, I think again we we wouldn't we we we, we st- this this is another episode that brought brought the trust back on our doctors You can help Sanath and Ramya in their effort to provide an independent life for their son. Your tax-deductible donations to curegbx4.org will help them fund the basic research needed to find a treatment or cure. Alternatively, if your company would like to sponsor Raising Rare, the bulk of your sponsorship support will go directly to curegbx4.org and the rest will allow us to keep bringing you and everyone the podcast please contact us at info@raisingrare.fm thank you if you'd like to follow regav's story please subscribe to raising rare 